0: I'm your host Ryan Andrews of com, and I hope your brain is doing better than mine because I am battling through a headache right now. Just not it's it's not anything that was jays induced or stuff like that. Just it's it's weird and probably because of sleep and yeah, I'm I'm going to try and fight through it as best I can for you the fans because y'all deserve this so we are going to talk about the finale of the san francisco series blue jays got a split in california which is better than getting swept in toronto so yay improvement we are also going to preview the chicago series that starts tonight and what can be expected from the starting pitching matchup, and what the Blue Jays need to do to essentially make sure that series gets off on the right foot. But yeah, like I said, we will start with uh, what happened yesterday in a day game for the Blue Jays on getaway day. Um, Edwin Jackson made his debut for the Blue Jays and pitched all right. In an eventual 4 3 loss to San Francisco. And I do want to start with Jackson because obviously the eyes were on him. He was the new guy. He was coming in to replace Buckles and Shoemaker. And Blue Jays fans needed to see something out of him that, you know, would at least give the indication that he can chew up some innings. And, and when Jackson did exactly that, for the Blue Jays. He pitched five innings, gave up six hits, two earned runs, one chalked up to an error. Um he he again, he was alright. The the lone real blemish came when uh Aramis Garcia took him deep, which I didn't even know who Aramis Garcia was. I think he's their third string catcher in San Francisco behind Posey and voked, but Posey's injured, so Garcia's up. Um, But yeah, not the best guy to give up a home run to, but, you know, Edwin Jackson's been a little rusty, so I'll forgive him that. He only threw 77 pitches in that start, which, given he started a little late this season, I understand the Blue Jays wanting to be a little more cautious with him, make sure that he's not going to break immediately like Buckholz did, but... The problem with that was who they turned to first out of the bullpen, and we've seen Daniel Hudson go in that six-inning situation. We've seen Tim Meza go in that six-inning situation, but uh, the Blue Jays turned to Ryan Tapera, and Tapera continues to be rusty. To to uh to to put it. Mildly, I guess. He served up the home run to Brandon Crawford. That was the eventual winning run. And you you kind of wonder just how much the past two seasons have taken their toll on Tapara. We talked about this earlier in the year. But Tepera appeared in like 141 games over the last two seasons for the Blue Jays. That's... Um, yeah, it evened out to about 140 innings for Tepera, which as a former starter, you'd think he'd be all right with that. But because he got shifted into that relief role with the Blue Jays, just having having to go that much work, you wondered if it was going to start taking his toll. And it was clear that it did when he had the injury in spring training. And since then, he has struggled to really establish himself. As the same guy who was thought of as like the closer for the Blue Jays, and you, you, uh, you wonder just I like I said how much he has left in the tank, or if he can find it. If this is just continuing to be um, the residual effects of missing spring training, but when you look at Tapera's appearances, um. Only two of them have been completely clean. Well, technically three, but he got one out against Oakland. So, whatever. You're not getting a lot of credit for that. But just in working the way he has, like, he, he's not been able to keep guys off the bases completely. And that can be a problem. Like, like you're coming in with a clean frame. You think that would be enough to, to give you the confidence to just go out. But... That's the second game winning home run that Tapera has allowed in that situation. And he's he's not proving himself to be as reliable as he could be. And honestly, with Jackson only going the five innings, I'm surprised that Sam Gaviglio didn't go out there and, you know, soak up an inning or two and try and keep the Blue Jays in it. But I know if you're going to have to pair on the roster, you have to keep throwing him out there and you have to hope that eventually he does figure it out and go back to being the guy who Blue Jays fans have come to rely on for a bit. That's going to be harder for him to do. He's 30 he's over 31 and a half now. So, you know, he's starting to reach the the end of his prime and I I'm I'm not sure if the Blue Jays don't find an offer for him uh, before the deadline that he will remain on this team. So it will be interesting to see. Um, not much from a batting standpoint. Yesterday, Brandon Drury was the beneficiary of a lot of sloppy San Francisco play. He ended up scoring all three Blue Jay runs. Um, but again, the the Blue Gees just couldn't put together anything consistently. And the bottom half of the lineup was a joke. Um, getting a combined 0 for 15 performance is not going to help you win anything. It's not going to help you turn the lineup over or do anything like that. And that starts to raise questions on Teoscar Hernandez. Um, whether or not he is going to be... A part of this team in the future. Because he he just can't find the ball right now. And uh, I believe he still has options left. I'd have to double check that. I don't think um, the Blue Jays can really afford to wait around with Teoscar. Because he is just not exhibiting good habits right now and that you need to be able to bank on someone to at least go and put together good plate appearances and like Teoscar hasn't been doing that for a while so that is going to remain to be seen I guess but yeah just confirm that Teoscar does have options left at least according to an MLB.com article from last season, he had two years worth of options left. So theoretically you could send Teoscar down and have him work on his swing in a lower pressure environment. Now who would come up in that instance? Probably would be Lerdes Guriel Jr. Who starting to hit again in Buffalo, starting to show he has a bat back in place. And I think the Blue Jays would take that opportunity to maybe see him in the outfield a little more. Um, or, uh, be a- at third base maybe if they want Vlad to DH on some days, but, like, he he has to be able to go somewhere where he can work on it and not have it really impact the team. Like, you can't, you can't keep putting up golden sombreros in, in the majors and-, and feel any kind of good about what you're doing. At least Billy McKinney's making contact. Hey, Oscar can't even do that right now, so... I, I think that might be the better option for the Blue Jays to send Teoscar down, let him work on that, get Lourdes back up, and just work on it like that, shift, shift McKinney to full-time outfield. But I'm not in charge of the team, so that'll be on someone else. Uh, we'll talk about looking forward a little more right after this break. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back. So, the Blue Jays open up a four game series with the White Sox starting tonight. And last time we saw Marcus Stroman on the mound, he was having a bit of a meltdown, not being able to finish the inning. Um, not getting any run support to avoid loss number six on the season. So now he gets a much better matchup from a pitching standpoint. He's not facing a suddenly resurgent Ivan Nova, but instead he's facing Dylan Covey, who I express my fondest wishes for the Blue Jays to face an entire team of Dylan Covey's. Turns out that might be Detroit right now, but um, he does face Covey today and the Blue Jays teed off on Covey the last time they saw him. So if they can do that tonight and let Stroman kind of settle into the groove that we've seen from him at times during the season when he can just kind of settle down, just play with the timing a little bit more not have to worry about really working from the stretch. Um, that, would go a long way to maybe quelling uh, some of the thoughts he had when he was leaving there, some of the angry thoughts that he directed to Pete Walker and Charlie Montoyo. And, you know, just, just get him back on the right side. Like no matter what you think of Marcus Stroman, whether you want to trade him, whether you want to sign him to the extension that he's probably earned at this point. Um, You want to see him at his best for the Blue Jays. Because either way, that's going to get you to what you want. And if he's out there angry, that's not the kind of emotion you want to see out of him. You you want to see him loose. You want to see him able to play a little bit on the mound. So if the Blue Jays can get an early jump on Covey, much like they did in his previous start against this team, like... If you want to put up another three-run home run, Randall Grichuk, that totally be awesome. Or Vladdy, you wanna you wanna hit another first inning bomb? That'd be great. Just go just go a little bit to establishing a lead that Strowman can work with. So that is imperative for the Blue Jays to do. I we don't uh, have the lineups just yet, but um, you can imagine that going back to the National League, they'll be happy to get the DH back because then that means Smoke and Teles will both be in the lineup and able to provide more protection for Vlad Jr. and and kind of get anything going at the bottom of that lineup. Because while Trent Thornton was very effective in that nine hole in the first game and just able to really really keep things going for the Blue Jays. Um, Edwin Jackson can't do that. He's 35. He has no interest in doing that. So um, the Blue Jays, like, we'll, we'll look for Stroman to attack. Obviously, the heart of that lineup is pretty weak behind Abreu because Yonder Alonso isn't hitting. Wellington Castillo isn't hitting. Nicky Delmonico is not great. So there's a chance for him to attack that lineup as well. Kind of cut down on that career ERA he has. He's He's got on almost 7 ERA in Chicago. So hopefully look at him to, to cut down on that. The Blue Jays do decide to play T. Oscar tonight. Hopefully he can do what he did last time and actually get the bat on the ball. Be great. And I'd expect to see Sogard back in the lineup as well, considering um, he got the off day uh, yesterday. I would prefer to see Brandon Drury playing in left field or, um, you know, go, go Davis and Grichuk in center and right. But again, I'm not in control of anything. I can just offer opinions. And that's what I do every day for y'all on this podcast. It's going to be a little shorter today, but you know, I give you pretty good stuff most of the week. So, you might, you might be all right with one that clocks in under 20 minutes. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this podcast. A reminder, if you're not subscribed to it on Himalaya or Stitcher or Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, why not, eh? <laughs> that's, that's all I can say to that. Um, do so and make sure you don't miss an episode. You can... Listen to it in the car, on the bus, wherever you make your commute from, you can carry locked on with you, and it pretty much takes up the entire time. So you can use it as a timer like that. If you're cook if you're cooking pizza, you can use it as a timer. Usually. I try to keep it around 20 minutes. Try not to burn your pizza for you, but I can only do so much. Um and just a reminder, if you want to get involved. With the podcast, it is Fan Friday tomorrow, so I will try to have something out later tonight. Um, I am going to be seeing Detective Pikachu tonight, so I won't be live-tweeting the game, but I will keep tabs. And once I'm done seeing Ryan and Reynolds, then I will be on there answering questions and, you know, commenting on what I'm sure will be a fantastic Marcus Stroman start, for better or worse. Um, but yeah, you can follow me at NeoAC18, that's NeoAC18, you can follow this podcast at Locked on, Jays on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and just continue supporting the podcast, because, you know, like I said, keeps us going, and keeps me happy through this Toronto Blue Jays season that we knew was going to be rough, but... We're getting through it. We're, we're already six weeks through it. We're holding strong. So anyway, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at JaysFromTheCouch.com, I'm still Ryan Andrews. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.